Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, welcome to another Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Yeah, welcome. And I've got a, like something happening here. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bad um, hair day. Well, there's just like a thing that's oh, up right there. It's you know your, what? Yeah. Um, so it's I feel like I had a vacation or something. I was only, uh, I only was at two of the, the three last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, had a had a great weekend. Jim handled everything on Friday. Had a great weekend with some girlfriends. We get yeah. together. Every once in a while, so thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the audio sounds a little different to me. Are we good on our I, settings? I think so. Okay. I think we are. Right. Uh, you know, if you're all or hearing tell anything, us you're that's hearing different. Us, so. Yeah, chime in and let us know. Tell us uh, where you're listening from this morning. We want to hear from. Uh, tell us which state you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, uh, hope everybody had a wonderful oh, Easter weekend. Oh, I'd have to say, you know, you know, you get a weather report from us. <laughs> it was so lovely this weekend. I got a little bit of a sunburn. Yeah. I was like. I was in such heaven. It mm-hmm. was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good morning. Good from, morning from oh, Florida. Oh, good. Yeah. From Florida. Nice. Okay. Somebody can hear us. Good. Yeah. We've got another one here. Good morning from Florida. All right. There. Nice. So welcome. Um, uh, anything, any kind of announcements that we've um, got? Anything that's coming up? I mean, I think the, no big announcements from us. Of course, we have BHP United coming up at the end of the month. That's April 30th through May 2nd. Mm-hmm. So those of you who haven't uh, grabbed that hotel room or whatever. Yeah, uh, you're gonna it looked get like there. they had um, they'd extended the the discount for some more rooms and stuff. Good morning, George. And the Neo User Summit, if I have my dates right, should be <gasps> May 3rd. It's the day behind the BHP United. So same same facility so that's also for neo for yes neo. and mm-hmm. yeah we will be at that yeah. um good morning uh it looks like tommy's here oh nice good yeah. morning tommy <laughs> advantage auto sales and credit i love to see what's happening with tommy we follow him enough on social media to see that yeah. you know sales seem to be pretty steady we uh, see the and the stories that he's able to tell oh, on social I, media are beautiful. can i shout out to yeah, that of course. we were talking about that the other day that one of the things i've really enjoyed watching um tommy do with uh with what's happening in the dealership because he's kind of like stepped in and like I'm having fun with social media and all this stuff and it's a story and he tells a story every time and so it's the story of how someone landed there and you know how how advantage was able to create a solution for mm-hmm. a problem because he states the problem and it's just it's really beautiful and then the other ones where it's like hey this person just paid off their car and we're so you know we're so happy right and and, um, yeah, car business, create a relationship. Thank create you, Tommy. That's that's what the car business Tommy, tell be. us, you credited before. I forgot who you said you picked that up from. But um, either way, I think, yeah, when you hear Tommy tell stories about yeah. customers who, you, you know, they bought a car today. They used to be a kid coming yeah. in with mom eating popcorn and whatever. It's like, those yeah, are the stories and this is the I third think, generation. Murmur, yeah, murmur. Yeah. And I, I love it. And and every time I see one of, one of his social media posts um, come up that I stop and read it. Yeah. And it's lovely. So I, let's yeah. just tell Tommy that, um, Sorry, or let's just tell our viewers and listeners that, um, you know, for those who don't mm-hmm. know Tommy, I can share that Tommy's a dealer that I've known for many years. He and I kind of mm-hmm. came up through the same track of training and, uh, he joined us on June 1st of last year to celebrate his 30th year in yeah, business. On the morning show. And then mm-hmm. he's also the creator of the BHPH success group. So that's where some of you would, yes. would know him as an administrator yeah. of that group over there. But, yeah. but yeah, he's a long time in the business. He's kind of, uh, 
uh, restructured his business of late is, is, is more involved in the day-to-day and you can see the impact of that just by tracking on social media you can see a lot of great things happening over yeah. there so congratulations to tommy and all the sh- the the positive de- developments over there and yeah. and we're yeah, going to watch a huge and, shout out. Yeah, continue to uh, track your and success. And like a wealth of um wisdom. Yeah, for industry, sure. So, yeah, especially yeah. on the consumer side. You know, yeah. when you talk about trying to separate the difference between transactional business and customer-centric business, Tommy's yeah. a really so, good yeah, person if, to refer if to. You, so. I know a lot of dealers out there. I don't know if dealers like track other dealers' social media, but I know when we have new clients that where we – I frequently, when we start talking about marketing and social media, is I will say – friend this page, friend this page, friend this page, um, so that you can kind of see what people are doing and Mm -hmm. what's resonating. And Thomas is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So today we're bringing folks together to talk about how to project cash flow and profits in a buy here, pay your business. So I have very little to add to this. So you've seen, you've been around these conversations. You kind of, so I think the part you'll be able to talk about is kind of what we see dealers struggling with. You know, we work a lot with launch dealers who are new in the business. And for today, you can't really cover both. I mean, you can't um, talk about the, uh, try to get that phone to be quiet over there. Um, You can't really talk about how to do modeling for launch dealers it'd be the same as an established dealer like for today we'll try to cover Mm -hmm. both and i would also let our viewers and listeners know this morning that we we may run past 30 minutes we typically try to keep it to 30 minutes but i think in order to help Mm -hmm. people understand what they're looking at we'll just go as long as we need to to kind of explain the full the full thing Mm -hmm. um and and there are some problems that we run into when we're trying to help dealers project cash flow. It's a challenging thing in our business to figure out how to project profits and cash flow and related finance companies and the impact of income tax and Mm -hmm. all these kind of things. It's challenging to do that. It's challenging to know, well, how do I forecast how much charge-offs I'm going to have and how much cash the portfolio is going to yield. I mean, those are challenging things to figure out. And that's why, you know, we kind of do this modeling and, and I've done it for a long time. And over the years, we kind of improve the the way we do it, but um, it's an imperfect. Like it's, you know, this, there's nobody out there that's really got um, a perfect solution for how to project. Obviously, there's always going to be some degree of speculation mm-hmm. in trying to project, um, you know, capital requirements, but with startups, we're obviously just trying to help them get a feel for, okay, how much cash am I going to need yeah. to get to a place where I'm generating positive cash flow, if that's the strategy, and then how long will that take? Like, you know, how much money will I need and when will it run out? You know, when will I finally get mm-hmm. cash positive and start to put money back in my pocket? So that's what we're going to cover today. So any other announcements or things we need to cover before we jump into the spreadsheet? No, <laughs> That's, I, I was expecting a no on the other end. Of that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, welcome. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go ahead and you want to share the um, oh, absolutely. The I'm going to bring this in, sure and then we're going to do this. Very good. Okay, um, so, so hopefully our folks yeah, can see if, that. Out if there. y'all have seen the uh, first ten things, we there, that this is one place that that you do a little bit yeah. and show a and little I do a bit real of this, cursory really run through cursory run through. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how many people we get. Um, messages from that say hey can i get a hold of that and it's yeah. like yeah no. yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i need to share it and, and yeah. that's one of the problems that we run into is people ask about the spreadsheet and, and the reason we can't share it or we don't share it is because it's not really built to be self-managed it's there's some key numbers in here that 
when you change from one cost of car to another cost of car, there are some other numbers that have to follow. And we just don't have a good way. I'm not aware of anybody that currently has a way to be able to follow those numbers as you change ACVs and terms and all these kinds of different things. And then the portfolio performance has to follow. And we kind of have to do that manually based on experience. We have Mm -hmm. to go source other data and go in here and tweak these things. So Mm -hmm. you'll see that piece as we get into it in more detail. But you know, I realize as we we're running this that, you know, some of our folks listen to this thing in the car and mm-hmm. or whatever, just, you know, where they choose their, their podcast. And so if you're just listening to this audibly, then, you know, it's going to be a little more difficult. You're probably going to find us on YouTube. Yeah. And so watch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's exactly. easy enough to find. Just do, type in DHPH morning show, morning show and do a search over on YouTube. You'll find this yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, so, yeah, for this episode. And while you're I just, there, like and subscribe. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good place to find almost yeah. everything we do, obviously, regardless of what groups you belong to, et cetera. Uh, so digging into these numbers, I'm going to first explain to folks that are looking at the screen here. Don't be Thanks, frightened George. by the number. Yeah, George is like chat. G- chat G- I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know well, if chat GPT has access to the data. Like most of the data that would uh-huh. be required here is private. It, it, and, like, and, and I would say that for how we do the, I mean, there's a lot of formulas mm-hmm. And um, it would almost require someone getting into Jim's head mm-hmm. and then programming. And listen, something, creating let me just something. stop and say, I welcome help on this thing. Yeah. Like, so what you're looking at when you see the spreadsheet is this is a, uh, in fact, let me get it where you can expand a little bit more. I think and people can view it better if I can get that dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're looking at this, you're you're seeing a spreadsheet that I basically created in 2005. And I'm always going to remember that because that's when I started my own dealership. I built this to do the cash flow forecasting because I couldn't find anything in the marketplace that would do quite what I wanted to do. And mostly I wanted to be able to do year over year. So when you see this particular spreadsheet, you're seeing something that is meant to project total capitalization. We're just, we're just trying to, when we got a dealer starting, we're trying mm-hmm. to say, okay, this if you feel much. like you want to do this kind of volume, because mm-hmm. I let me just back up and say, typically when we meet new dealers, it kind of falls into one or two categories. They're either coming to us and saying, Jim, we see an opportunity in our marketplace. Maybe they're doing independent retail and they say, we think we can do some buy here, pay here. We're seeing our numbers suggest we could do 15, 20 sales a month, this kind of cost, this kind of down payment. And so they come to us with some kind of assumptions and we're mm-hmm. going to project how much capital is mm-hmm. required. The other way is that people come to us and say, Jim, I got a half a million dollars and I'm thinking about investing in ba- and buy here, pay here. Can you help me figure out yeah, how to, and, and what I, works? I want to um, uh, just add a caveat to that, that we were talking with one of our clients that, that we, um, they opened their doors September. Okay. And, um, and we were just kind of, we were doing a, let's recap where we're at right mm-hmm. now. And, right. and this person is, uh, has been a CFO, understands numbers mm-hmm. and, and that when, when, you know, it's like, how are things going? He says, when we did that cash flow modeling, mm-hmm. which is, it's spot on. That yeah, it, or parts it was, of it are spot yeah, on. that it, there are parts of it that were just like, that's, it's, it's tracking exactly the way that, that, uh, I just don't, you don't remember him saying that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think the part that was the, the other part of that same conversation was that they were finding that their recon expense was much higher. And so the question became, was that what do because we do? of yeah. discipline and policy? Did we not cap the policy according to the business plan? Because that's, you know, when you say we're spending a lot more on recon, well, why? That's, that's something that, you know, we built a business plan 
to you know track according to that plan now can cars cost more to ex- yes but we never have to repair that and that's a whole different we can save that for another morning yeah. show like yeah. that's but but that's part of what happens here is we we can build this business plan you can do all the forecasting in the world but if you don't have the discipline to stay within the boundaries of this plan then you know it's it's going to look different and so that's that's what so the other thing that i always say about this modeling is that you know this this business has a lot of things that we can't predict. Mm-hmm. You don't know, you know, you can get some ballpark, but you don't know which customers are going to charge off and at what stage mm-hmm. of the thing. And there's just a lot of variables that we don't know. Um, and so because of that, I think it's more important to make time to project and stay disciplined about the things that you can know. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that just means the things that we can control, we really ought to project as closely as we can stick to those because there are these other variables that we have, you know, less control over. And that just increases our chances of arriving, you know, where we want to be yeah. in terms of this forecast. One of the things we've seen that just, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, outside of this, that there's like, there's specific numbers that you plug in for overhead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've seen very successful dealerships that have very low overhead Mm -hmm. and we've seen dealerships that have very high overhead and that there's a struggle um with with that sometimes but that it's like the overhead is one of those things that are that is a very um it's if if there's one thing that a dealer from my perspective Mm -hmm. that a dealer has a lot more control over is overhead um because they can't really control the cost of car well Um, i would say they can um, it's, this is a whole different subject again. It's like, uh-huh. they can, they, they can't control what the market does in terms of cost of car, but they can, um, develop discipline around a cost so that whatever those mm-hmm. numbers look like, and we were going to put some numbers on the screen here so that, you know, we're picking numbers to start, mm-hmm. but whatever that ACV and recon looks like, and says, we're going to stick to a maximum of $8,000 or whatever the number mm-hmm. is we pick, then they can have the discipline to stay at $8,000. If they cannot find enough inventory to get there, then they have to adjust the business plan, mm-hmm. right? But they can stay at $8,000. You you don't have to spend $9,500 on cars because you can't find $8,000 cars. You can adjust the business plan, go back and rework the business plan, but but you can have the discipline to stay at $8,000. Mm-hmm. That's just, again, it's discipline. It's like, yes, the car's going to have more miles and they're going to maybe be, be missing a fender or whatever. Rough, you know, rough, whatever. But there are cars out there that you can buy for. Yeah. yeah. So this is the kind of thing that I've seen over the years is like, you know, it's just, it's about, it's, it's kind of back to that same thing I talked about when dealers approach me is they say, well, I think we think we can sell this kind of car, or this kind of market. Well, often what happens is a dealer saying to us, we, we think we can sell and you start the example I used to use was, you know, we, we feel like we can go buy, you know, 2013 Impalas or whatever, and we can buy that car for this and this and this, and that's the kind of car you want to finance. Well, that's really about a car driven model and less about a cash flow model. Like you're choosing a particular car. And if that car goes up, you're going to continue to try to, you know, serve the market with that particular car. And that to me is it's, it's one simple example of, are we in the car business or are we in the finance business? Because if we're, if we're in the Mm, finance business, we'd be trying to solve that customer's transportation and finance problem with whatever car fits the financial model, not, not necessarily Impala's right. That's to suggest we're trying to find a particular car because of some, you know, thing. So, and maybe, maybe there's some financial motivation there. I'm just saying 
it goes back to discipline, staying mm -hmm. within the numbers that we project. I mean, we're trying to create a plan and we have to have the discipline to stay within that plan. And there are certain things we can't predict. Certainly cost of cars, this whole thing with COVID and the rapid increase in cost of cars mm -hmm. was unforeseen by, I didn't hear anybody predict it. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, we didn't know that was going to happen. So obviously that affected a lot of people's business models, which is all the more reason that things like this, the actual forecasting of the capital. So again, for us, we're, we're working with a dealer to say in one of those two scenarios, they either want us to model, you know, what they think they can do, or they're asking mm -hmm. us to say, how do I invest a half a million dollars or whatever the numbers looks like. And so we get in here and we say, okay, based on, and, and we advise them typically when we're going through this cash flow modeling mm -hmm. on, because a lot of them are new to the business. So where to set these numbers, like, you know, we can give them some feel for what, what is typical in the industry and what's possible. And so I, what I'm hearing is, you know, the numbers you can, you can, a shift your business model. But once mm -hmm. you've decided a business model, be disciplined to stay in your business model until it's like, okay, this isn't working. And then it's, yeah. it's time to shift, shift your business model. If you want to stay with those kind of forecasting. Yeah. It's, yeah. With this and, kind and of forecasting. We'll, we'll take you inside these numbers. Everybody's mm -hmm. just being patient this morning. I, yeah. I will take you inside the actual spreadsheet, but I think what we're trying to really mm -hmm. help folks understand let's, first is that what, Oh, it's just what the numbers are, why it's problematic. Like when we, I have the number loaded in here. You'll see for cash down of $2,000. Well, if you're a brand new dealer, you're just stepping into the buy here, pay your business in Michigan, as an example, mm -hmm. you don't know in your marketplace. I can't predict what your down payment average is going to be. That's a lot decided locally, your local market, obviously how you market yourself, the kind of inventory you carry. Um, so when we say $2,000 average down payment, can't be sure how much volume we're going to get at that. We can't be sure how many customers are going to come forward who qualify for the program and who can do a $2,000 mm -hmm. down payment. So it's like, these things are, are, you know, problematic. And so we always have to tell dealers, this is what, this is one of the things that we're just going to have to adjust it. We're going to set up a business plan and we're going to track it. And it may be that after you've been in business six months, we're gonna have to revisit the business plan because we're discovering that we, we, we're not able to get $2,000 and still hit the volume. Or whatever it is. Right, whatever yeah. the numbers are. Yeah. So we have to adjust the volume and, and just, but that's a good example of the down payment is often one that we can't say. Like I can tell you what is average across the industry, but I can't say based on your marketing and your inventory, your sales approach, you know, what uh, what kind of down payment you're going to average. So yeah. let me take you inside the spreadsheet. Um, I think uh, those of you, uh, it looks like you should be able to see the screen. So I'm going to just move forward. You let me know if there's a problem, but so basically what you're seeing in a layout is year over year for, for our modeling here today, I've got everything static and locked in the same across the years, but I, I built this in this way so that we, you know, year one, um, you know, we can put in a volume and we can increase that over time. If we wanted to take our positive cash and reinvest that and grow and show the impact of that growth. But for today, again, we're going to keep everything static. Now I've chosen just to start here, a selling price of 12,500. I've got add-ons. Those are in gray where you see gray. That means the number's coming from somewhere else. So I've got details on the add-ons down at the bottom, which I'll show you when we get there. And then unit cost of $5,500 and a recon per unit of $1,500. Cash down from the customer, including net trade and any deferred down payment. It doesn't matter if we collect it within 30 days or it comes from a sold trade-in. It's just $2,000 total cash to us up front. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're in the first 30 days or whatever. And then APR, this is actually sourced from somewhere else. I'll show you when we get to that page. And then I've loaded in a payment amount, just an equivalent payment amount per month per customer. But that's another one that's actually calculated elsewhere. 
And then income tax rate, I've got that in there at 35%. It's just pretty typical. I, I don't think over the years I've done this, I've had anybody ask me to adjust that number. Like that's just kind of a typical, you know, rate to withhold. And we have to do that because we have to be able to forecast the income tax impact. Why? Because it's cash. If we're going to forecast our cash flow and how much cash is going to take to get positive, we got to be able to allow for our income tax. And so I, I'll show you when we get to that page, how we typically do that. And then a lot of these numbers that you're seeing here are no longer in use, or we're not using them for this particular modeling. Um, and then startup costs and overhead, those are sourced from elsewhere. I've done something today over here on the right-hand side, just to kind of keep it all on one page. I've kind of done a quick, uh, a shortcut where we can see the impact of those numbers on the same screen. But this startup cost is sourced from elsewhere. The overhead per month is sourced from another page. And then it shows notes receivable at, at least at the, what I call conversion rates, the rate at which we've currently got the portfolio set up to um, the rate at which it certainly are currently set up to convert. Okay. So again, we'll, we'll cover those numbers later, but you can see at this volume of 15 a month at that selling price and that down payment, those kind of interest rates, it's saying we should have about 1.6 in receivables at the end of year one, about 3.5 at the end of year five. Now, again, there are numbers to tweak. So none of the numbers that we're going to look at today, you've got to be careful about jumping any kind of conclusions because it's, it's incomplete. There's, there's a lot of stuff to be, uh, to go over as we do this, but I just kind of wanted to get a sense of how, how we go about doing this and why it's important to, to make time to drill into this kind of stuff. Now, going on a little further down, what you're seeing is here's where we allow for the RFC. This currently has, we, we use a static RFC discount. Now, if I take that out just for a minute, I'm going to move that back to hundred percent advance rate, which means 0% discount. Then it's going to move all these numbers up here in terms of, because it's going to move our profit, which is going to move our income tax. Okay, so that's why that's uh, important to, to recognize the impact of that. So I'm going to put that back to 70% or 30% discount. And now these numbers that you see kind of in this brown tone are um, just numbers that drive formulas elsewhere. And the, they're just calculations that drive other numbers. And then down here is the part where I do the add-on cost. So we can come in here and put in whatever your sales tax rate is. We can put in some add-ons like T, uh, TT and L or they every state kind of calls it something different, but your this is basically your cost of transferring your tag and your um, license, whatever kind of registration fees you're going to have. So those are just actual dealer cost of transferring the plates. Okay. And conveying the title to the, to the consumer. So, and then you've got a doc fee, which I treat separately because there's no direct cost associated with that. So that, ends up being markup. So you can see down here that, you know, that means that we've got to fund at the volume that we currently got loaded. That's about $15,000 a month to fund um, at these numbers with that sales tax. So, so again, those are, those are built into these um, calculations, but I think the key thing here is you can see that all these numbers can be changed. Like I can adjust that and, and, you know, the markup, there's a lot of discussion out there now. We're talking to a lot of the same people trying to figure out, okay, what is the markup? When we had our live stream event um, on the 30th, people came forward and said, absolutely less gross profit is more profitable. Like your, your less gross profit in the deal will be more successful as a loan. Remember that comment during the, the live stream? So we'll go back and find that because I'd like to invite those folks to have a conversation with us on the morning show because one of the things we look at here is, you know, with, for us to predict what kind of markup, you know, for years, people said, you, know, you take your cost, you double it and you add a thousand. Well, that, I don't think that model, 
I don't, I don't think that model applies anymore. I don't, I don't, I think there's more we can do to settle into a selling price and some sort of markup to achieve some success. But for today, we're just using kind of typical, you know, at a $7,000 cost, we've got it marked up $5,500. Which is basically double plus a thousand. No, it's not. It's not. It's not quite that much. So really what I ask dealers to look at is really look less at the number that is your this would kind of, if you looked at your gross margin, um, your, your, I'm sorry, your gross profit divided by your cost, that would be rate of return. You could also look at that as a gross margin, as a gross profit, as a percentage of your price of the car. But I asked dealers to look beyond that number and think, okay, what is my gross profit relative to my cash and deal? Because in this example, we've got a $7,000 cost, $5,500 plus recon of fifteen. Okay. And we got a $2,000 down payment. So our real risk there is about 5,000, right? Mm -hmm. Two, you know, $7,000 cost okay. minus $2,000 down yeah. payment. So I would say, let's look at that. So in this case, we've actually got $5,500 of gross profit relative or against $5,000 of risk. It's not terrible. That's, that's a, that's a workable ratio. And, you know, again, we'll bring others to the conversation and get their feedback. There are a lot of people out there that work with these kind of numbers as much or more than I do. And, and ultimately, we're all trying to help dealers, you know, forecast, especially when it comes to lending. I mean, if there is some lender who's going to provide this dealer a line of credit at some stage, mm -hmm. obviously, we're working off a business plan. Mm -hmm. The business plan is a bigger picture, but this is a really core, important um, component of the larger business plan. This is kind of the, the key financial pieces of mm -hmm. the business plan. So we need to get it as accurate as possible. And again, I'm inviting everybody to help make sure this thing works as, as mm -hmm. cleanly as possible. Can I, can I make a, I, I, I hope I'm not jumping, but that area in green to yeah, me yeah. is no. like, that is, uh, that is one of the more helpful mm -hmm. places for a dealer to look at, at these numbers. Cause it's like, I, every, it's like light at the end of the tunnel, Yep. light at the end of the tunnel. Where am I at? Light yep. at the end of the tunnel. And, um, yeah. And uh, I saw, I really put this on there largely to help dealers who are coming from a franchise business or mm -hmm. independent retail business. And they're used to thinking gross profit and volume, and, and they're not used to thinking about cash flow in this way. So it's really just a way to illustrate. Uh, so in that case, what it's showing is if you look at that first one it says overhead. Well, and, and there's a different page that shows yeah. like what, what is the, the costs of overhead that, right. that we've, we've talked about, but I just, I wanted to ask one thing sure, about that. This is also taking into account a certain amount of contracts that don't reach maturity. Correct. Correct. It's allowing for the, um, um, it's basically what it's calculating there is saying, okay, if our overhead is X, which you can see over there, I've got currently the overhead loaded in year one, $18,000. Again, operations vary. Yeah. Or a year? Per month. Oh, per, per month. month. $18,000 yeah. per month. Okay. $18,000 per month. So, so that says at that payment of 460 a month, we would need about 39 contracts active to cover, cover overhead. overhead. So this is why, you know, I've had some interesting conversations with lenders or somebody who's contemplating a line of credit for a client or whatever. And it's like, when, when we talk about that, it's like the, the question is, um, you know, where should that, where should we go in terms of volume? And generally what I advise my clients is, we're going to, the, the way I say it, we recently recapped with our, our client the, who's now been in business since October, I think, and said, you know, remember that we talked about at the beginning that you're probably going to make, you're going to have more repos in your first 50 contracts than you are in your second. 
Yes. Why? Because when you're brand new in the business, I recommend that you're pretty aggressive with your underwriting, that you create some contracts and you create some cash flow and you're going to learn as you do it and you're going to make some mistakes. And, but you're going to, and I also advise them to take as little risk as possible, you know, per contract as they do that. And so as a result, you're going to have more uh, charge offs probably in your first 50 contracts, as an example, compared to your next 50. Well, the reason this number is important is because what it says is once we get 40 contracts on the books, we've now got enough cash flow to cover our overhead. So that's, that's a good place to be first. Like mm -hmm. that's phase one. Let's first mm -hmm. get to the place where we're generating enough cash to cover our overhead. Why? Because now we don't have to keep going negative on the overhead side. As I always say, you know, the money that we pay to the utility company is not coming back. Like we need to get to the place. Yeah, where we're it's not an investment cash. at right, all. Right. Yeah, so yeah. let's get that part covered. Now we can catch our breath a little bit. Got 40 contracts on the books. This often happens with our clients. Now we can catch our breath and look at the business plan and say, okay, we said we were going to get $2,000 average down. What are we actually getting? Maybe this is a good time to adjust the business plan. Why? Because now once we get past the place where we're covering our overhead with the incoming cash flow, then now the money that we continue to put forward is mostly going into earning assets. It's generating receivables. It's generating contracts, which we own, which are assets. So now we can feel better about the money that we're putting out is actually going to building a business that is producing for us. Yeah. The overhead is not right. So we just know that we got to first get to yeah. the place to recover the overhead mm -hmm. and then we can move ahead into. So that's why you see the inventory replacement there takes 260 accounts at the cost of car. We currently have loaded. I'd have to double check and make sure we allowed for the add-ons in there, but you basically the, the premise is even if it doesn't, you know, that's what it's going to cost you to replace the cars is about 260 Accounts. accounts that I would need paying monthly in order to be able to cover the cost of replacement. So I need about a total of 300, but if I adjust for the down payment, I only need about 235. And, and this is an, this is with the assumption that you're not getting outside, um, like lines of credit or, uh, it doesn't, credit, this that, currently right? doesn't allow any cost of money. This assumes that you're using your own money. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but you, can, but you, you do have places in here where you can start to add in the cost of money. If you've got, if you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're working with, Someone for a line of credit or. Yeah. Or, yeah. So typically when we do these, as you know, we do typically like three virtual sessions that we work through these numbers and we help the client kind of tweak the numbers and make it suggestions on, on this and that. But, but generally at the outset, what we're doing in those first three sessions is just really looking at regardless of how we fund it, line of credit, private investor, our own money, regardless of how we fund it, this is how much cash we show that it's going to take to get cash positive. Okay. And so mm -hmm. let me give my quick definition of cash positive. Operationally speaking, I call cash positive that number, like that 234 contracts right there. That's where we're covering our overhead and our cost of replacing inventory at our current volume. That's mm -hmm. operational positive cash flow. There's still income tax to deal with, but generally day to day, when we talk about positive cash flow, we're just talking about operationally. And that's where that number is. 200, we would need in this model 234 contracts to get to the place where we're exceeding our overhead and the cost of replacing cars. Why does that matter? Because if I'm using a line of credit now, once I get the past 234 contracts, as a general rule, we should now be bringing in positive cash. We should start to be able to pay down the line of credit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is also something that we see. And it's interesting, this modeling that we've got loaded is a little bit different than what I see most often because we haven't showed on those numbers kind of in pink over there, where it says post tax, the max cash out, even with our RFC factored in down there at a 30% discount, we've currently got just over a million dollars of total cash that's required to get cash positive. 
Okay. So again, 15 cars a month at a $7,000 cost, Mm -hmm. $2,000 down that kind of payment, you know, then that just says, okay, it's going to take about a million dollars. And this is just math. I mean, these calculations, one of the things we have to be careful about though, is that we have to go over and look at, um, what does he say is incredible the detail yeah it's actually nick um and nick knows us well and we know nick's operation it's a little embarrassing nick i show how analytical i can be when i get inside this spreadsheet yeah Yeah, he loves his numbers yeah yeah, it's beautiful but i also share that i built this thing back when i was living in texas and opened my dealership over in southern oklahoma and i had to I had about three days uh, where I was snowed in and I built this thing, you know, just curled up on the, the sofa with a, the laptop and just basically built this thing. Over I, about I've a two watched or three day you stretch. build other things yeah. and it's like, it's like when I sit down and do a binge watch of Netflix. Yeah. That's what Jim did. Uh, yeah. When <laughs> I get like, buried in the spreadsheet, he's, but he's when gone. you get in a flow, yeah. you know, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. So the, again, this is a model that we've been basically, and we've tweaked it and added stuff to it, but it's basically the same um, uh, construction that mm-hmm. I created back in 2005. So, so now the back to the numbers is like you just over a million dollars to get cash positive, but you can see this is year one right here. I don't know if people can see my cursor on the screen, but year one right here is nine ninety five. So you can see the, the year one over here. So what that tells me, and we can go into the detailed pages later, but basically what this tells you is that we must've gotten cash positive just inside of 12 months. And that's something else I can share with most of the operations that we work with this modeling and numbers obviously vary, but typically it used to be that we would see dealers get positive in 10, 11 months. That's what this one looks like. But now we're seeing more like 12 to 18 months. Yeah. The dealers can get to a place where they're cash positive. So again, a lot of variables in there. And one other thing to remember is that this particular modeling doesn't allow for the fact that we might sell five in our first month and 10 in the second month. This basically assumes that we're going to sell 15 a month from the very first month. And we know that's Mm -hmm. not how it works, but this tool tool again is just kind of big picture Mm -hmm. broad and trying to give us a feel for what it should. um, You know, one of the things I have squirrel, please. One of the things that I've enjoyed when, when I've sat in on these sessions with, with clients that they're like, well, what if I did 20? Mm-hmm. Or what if I did 25 and it's kind of like there really are based on your, your, um, your business model mm-hmm. that more does not always mean more. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so if you, you know, you, uh, are really thoughtful yeah. about how you grow, mm-hmm. um, that it's like sometimes, you know, people it's like, I can do 30 yeah. and it's like, well, let's look at what 30 looks like. Sure. And, and they'll go, Oh crap. That's yeah. Uh, uh, it, so how about we just ease ourselves into so you have the least amount of cash that has to go into this. Right. And then once you get cash flow positive, then you can start to say, I've got the bandwidth to be able to let's bump, let's bump, let's right. bump, let's right. bump, let's bump and get yeah. to those places. Yeah. And again, for those who just kind of tuning in, maybe um, remember that these numbers that we're looking at are certainly imperfect. Yeah. There are right. some things to be figured out with a client um, specifically that we don't have here. And so for a purpose of a conversation, just remember these are very much ballpark figures. And so don't get too wrapped up in the numbers that you're seeing on the screen. It's just, it's a general kind of projection of what is, um, what is required there. But um, I would say one thing we can do quickly before we leave the screen is you mentioned the thing about the, um, the, the capital required, like this, Mm -hmm. this is calling for 1.05 at a volume of 15 a month. And and you said dealers want to see what if I did 20, Uh what I see often when we meet with a dealer, they'll see these numbers at 15 a month as an example. And so the next time I meet with them say, 
Yeah, let's look at a model of 10. <laughs> you know, let's, back, <laughs> let's see, because I don't have a million, right? So let's yeah. figure out what would it take yeah. if I only just did 10 a month. And so you can do that. But for this illustration, what I want to show you is that we're at 1.05. But if I move the volume to 30 a month, then what I want to show you across this, let me just kind of drag it a little bit. You know, it doesn't always translate out. You can see that what it says now is it didn't double our cash, right? It went from basically a million to 1.7 when we doubled our volume. Why? Well, because scale, scale, yeah, it's like we're, scale. we're our overhead is a low factor. Now, granted, we didn't move our overhead down here when we increased our volume, which we need to do. Obviously it takes more dollars to support that portfolio and so on. But you know, the point is that we're just really trying to show that when you, when you move that volume, it doesn't, it doesn't, and, and even if we did, we're just, we're putting more dollars into earning assets. So that means more cash flow. So it changes a lot of things. One thing I need to show before we move away from the screen, I think we probably can make this a continuing series. We can go into more depth later. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know that today we need to go into all the stuff, but when, when I look at this cash flow by year, it shows that we're going negative 995 in the first year. Um, that's because we went, we actually went negative 1.048 but we apparently recovered a little bit of that cash before the close of the year at the numbers that we've currently got loaded. And so we actually just went negative 995 for the entire year. In year two, we generate positive cash of 60 grand. And then in year three, half, um, half a million. So this is a little bit different than the modeling. Over the years, I've been able to say that generally speaking, when we're working with dealers and talking to new investors who would be you know, participating in this industry. I will tell them typically, as a rule, we've been able to say that the money that you invest in the first year you're going to recover just about all that cash in years two and three. By the end of year three, you would typically have recovered all the money that you've invested. Um, that, of course, requires discipline to the model and this and that, but, but that's generally been the approach. I think with cost of car going the way they have in recent years, we can slide that scale a little farther. I think you can say the money you're going to invest over 18 months, you should have a chance to recover over the next 24 to 30 months, mm -hmm. you know, something like that would be kind of typical. Um, again, every model, every model differs. So mm -hmm. we got to take a moment and do the, the disclaimer. Remember your numbers, <laughs> your, your results may vary, right? <laughs> so, uh, actual results, may vary. but yeah, so this is just, um, you know, meant to be kind of, um, general numbers, but I think for the sake of today, I can show, and we can go into this in more detail in a future, um, show yeah. michelle but basically well, yeah if there's interest in doing that yeah, yeah i'll know. just show the startup cost is a separate sheet over here but for today i just basically put an estimated figure in there instead of giving detail like we often do and you can see up here at the top it shows the um the cost i'm sorry the the number of units that we start now, that's not an expense but it is initial cash so we allow we calculate it because that's what we're doing here is we're calculating our capital requirements so we 25 units at the cost we have loaded says we need 175 grand to to buy that initial inventory and recondition it and so that's what you see over here is that number of inventory plus that number of just estimated cost to get the doors open and now operating expenses same thing this is where the uh embarrassment comes in nick this is where um the uh, i can uh, you can put in expenses <laughs> and you can drive these things at the rate of inflation or the rate of sales or whatever so this but for today i just threw in an estimated number of eighteen thousand. i kind of cheated a little bit and made it a rate of inflation of 15 percent, so that would increase 15 percent year over year so it is increasing you can see out here in these coming years 
So we do try to allow for that. But but basically, the, the real key thing to show, and I'll just touch on it for today so people can kind of better understand what's happening behind the scenes, is this portfolio page is really vital because what it does, and this is the part that's so hard for dealers to do for themselves, and even a CPA who you know, might have done plenty of business plans for the kind of business. If you yeah. haven't worked with buy here, pay here and portfolios of receivables, this is the part that would be challenging to do. So what we've got here, some numbers, I call these drivers. These are kind of these conversion rate figures that I talk about. So we have to know, you know, and we pull these numbers typically from other dealers that we have direct experience with so that we can say, okay, that kind of cost of car you know, with typical collections experience and results it would look like this. This is the part that's hard to know, right? What would mm -hmm. the actual results be? And it occurred to me today, probably in a future episode, we can take the same information. We can produce a collateral recovery rate because that's what lenders look at a lot. They want to know what's the collateral. All the numbers are here. We just need to do a separate line item and do the calculation for collateral recovery rate. But basically, these are the numbers that kind of dictate, okay, so if we're going to collect principal at this rate and we're going to charge off principal at this rate, we're going to collect interest at this rate, uh, we rec recover repos, you know, at this particular rate, then that just tells us what the portfolio is going to look like. And you're seeing some other stuff kind of happens behind the scenes. These are calculations that are used elsewhere. But these, this is where the real magic happens is to me in this whole spreadsheet. And it's why it's so important. This is why we can't really. This is like one, one of the reasons why we're doing this um, opening principle. Like let's, yeah, exactly. yes. Yeah. Like when we talked about reporting from our DMSs mm -hmm. too, it's like, so you can really see a true number and know where you're at too with yeah. The, and this like is the this. part that I say, I can't really turn the spreadsheet over to others and let them and their CFO run with it because what they don't have is the ability. And it's challenging for us. It's like when you go over here to this assumptions page and you move this cost of car, you change this to an $18,000 selling price and a whole different cost structure and different interest rate and whatever, then that's going to change these numbers, the rate at which the thing performs over here. Those numbers have to change. And I don't think the dealer's going to really know how to move those numbers. Like I said, it's hard for us. We have to go source once we kind of settle in with a client that we're working with and settle into a business plan, a business structure, deal structure for the mm -hmm. consumer. Then we can come back and source de data, data that things. we can then yeah. use to drive these um, conversion rates. But this is really important because this, this projects the rate at which the portfolio will grow. More importantly, the rate at which it will um, convert that portfolio into cash. And so now that's, that's kind of how that whole thing works, but it's, um, I think this is probably a good place yeah. for us to stop for today. It's just, like I say, it's, it's challenging in our industry for sure. We, we, you know, dealers have been really thrilled with what we've been able to do for them in this regard. Mm -hmm. We know it's imperfect. We, we say that we said that today and we say that with virtually every client that we work with, it's meant to give us a, a pretty good feel for, one, how much cash is going to be required and how long it's going to take. Like if I have a line of credit, when can I expect to start paying down the line of credit? Or if yeah. I'm using my own money, I can see this is going to take a million, but over what period of time? So that's another yeah. thing we can go into. In and it's episode. it's been something that's been helpful. Uh, brand new dealers to dealers that are established that we've, we've taken them through this process. But more than anything is, I, to me, when I look at this, it's like, get clear about what your business model looks like. Mm -hmm. And then be consistent, be disciplined to stay within certain things. And there is truly a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and being able to even pay down your, your lines of credit, being able yeah. to do all of the things. And it helps it. You know, we talk about goals. We talk like on a year to year basis, but if you're really looking to take your business mm -hmm. um, and, and 
create something that is more sustainable and stronger is getting really clear about some of these things and then be disciplined about it. Cause it's the, that, that discipline is really key. Yeah. And we did an episode a while back we can try to find that and share it, the link inside where this one Mm -hmm. appears. But, but I think when I look at this, I think dealers would see this and say, but Jim, even if I did a volume 15, I don't have a million dollars. I could maybe invest 300 grand. Well, what we could do then is take, we've helped dealers connect with potential investors, friends and family investors. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, anybody in your circle who's a mentor and, you know, got some wealth or whatever, and they're looking to invest. And and that, that happens a lot. Like there, there are, there are investors out there looking for opportunities like this to, to be able to place funds. And obviously they need some sort of structure and some protection, but, but the reality is, you know, your, your, your lenders don't typically want to get involved early. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there are providers out there who can do certain things and you can pay a certain price for money to get started, but your, your traditional lines of credit typically are going to need a little more history uh, to, to get there. And so how do I bridge my way from here to there again, separate conversation. Yeah, that's fine. We can, we can save the rest of the spreadsheet work for, for a future episode, but yeah, hopefully, you know, folks tuning in here, find this useful. I mean, just again, it's, it's one of the ways that it can be done. We were quite comfortable in it and that it, um, it does, it has been reliable. You know, the mm-hmm. modeling has been reliable. And I, and, I appreciate, cause I'm new to this yeah. and I appreciate when we talk to our clients and we're like, okay, and they've been disciplined with this and disciplined with this and, and that it's, that it's proven yeah. that, that yeah, that it really, and I, cause like I, I'm, of the thing. And mm-hmm. so it's been really, really lovely yeah. to see as you're going through and it's like, well, I'm off on this. And so we have the conversation and Jim's like, well, where are you at with this? And where are you at with this? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, maybe this is where the shift needs to happen to be able to get back on track for yeah. the thing. And it's been really lovely. Yeah. I think yeah. sometimes we can do this for established operations. It's just, you can take this, the power of this to build the next 24 and mm-hmm. 60 months or whatever you choose to do. And you can layer in the existing cash flow from the existing portfolio, the performance, hopefully you've got the performance numbers, those, those conversion rates that mm-hmm. come out. We need those numbers so we can forecast mm-hmm. how your current portfolio, what's it, how's it going to run off? Take the yeah. new portfolio and smodeled in this, and then you can take your yeah. overhead and your cost of money. So, so I'm just, you know, I know we're, we're talking about, we can go diver, dive, diver. <laughs> we can dive into some of these other pieces um, more, but if there's uh, those of you who've been, who've been watching, those of you who watch the recordings, um, if there are pieces of this that you would like to be able to see kind of dive, dive in, sure. um, just let us know. Yeah. And, you know, we can do, we can do a, a podcast on that, you know, yeah, a course. morning show. We're happy that, to so, uh, yeah. bring whatever is of interest to our listeners. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, we just know, we see this a lot and, and dealers that we work with tend to value, you know, what it is that this um, produces. It sometimes scares mm-hmm. them because like I say, you, you, the volume shows that, well, I need a lot more money than I thought do this. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's good. It's better to know that before you step in because nobody wants to start a business. They can't finish. Yeah. That's not usually. And then usually if they're brand new, <coughs> um, it's like, where are we, I have X, I need X, where right. am I sourcing it? Sure. And so then from there, it's like, let's introduce you to this and this and this and see what we can figure out because, and it's fun to, for me to sit back and watch cause it's different with every client, Yeah. Um, sure. you know, based on what their goals are and, and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Many of you listening have our cell phone, you have our email address, you know how to find us. Um, 
one of the things that Michelle and I will be doing this week is we're going to be calendaring many of our upcoming uh, morning show episodes. Yeah. We're going to be reaching out to guests and kind of scheduling our topics coming up. And and uh, so that'll let folks know, you know, kind of what's on the agenda, the calendar for the morning show. So it's an opportunity for mm-hmm. folks to reach out and let us know mm-hmm. if there's certain topics that you'd like to see us bring. Uh, by all means, you know, let us know and we'll we we'll see if we can find it. It's the, right there. That's what I was looking for. Need oh, help? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cell phone. So, yeah, yeah. Just, you can always reach out to us there. But basically, let, let us know what topics you'd mm-hmm. like to see us bring. And if there's something more specific you'd like to see inside this cash flow modeling in particular, and mm-hmm. let us know about that because we are going to start mapping and going a little farther out on the mm-hmm. calendar in terms of our morning show, um, you know, episodes and, and schedule. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I can like do the exit oh, music. Let's, let's bring it on in a little bit. Thank you guys so much for joining yeah, us on this Tommy, lovely George, Monday. Nick. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you um, on Wednesday. And again, if there's a topic you'd like to to hear uh, or have Jim break down, um, let us know because we're going to be doing a lot of planning this week for the next quarter or whatever for what topics we're going to be talking about Absolutely. on the morning show. So thanks again, folks. All right, we'll talk See to you Wednesday. You later. Thank you. Have a good day.